What is going on, everyone? It is me, the Load More Wanderer, and I haven't even checked what week podcast this is because it's been so disorientated, <laughs> me organizing this podcast. I have two guests that I actually just got together at the last second, essentially. So I'll get them to introduce themselves, and i explain where Maddie is and where Noah is. So, Mr. G, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Uh, I'm Mr. G. I write music and I live stream. Um, I wrote an album called Songs in the Key of Fallout, mm. and I wrote 88 songs in 88 days leading up to the release of Fallout 4, and that is my claim my current claim to fame. So I'll make sure Maddie includes his channel in the description below. Go check it out. He also made a, a music video about my, my online persona. Is that correct? Lone Vault Wanderer? It's, yes, I did. I actually did uh, a Lone, <laughs> Lone Vault Wanderer uh, theme song. And I did one for Sugar Bombs. And I think I did one. I don't know. I did a couple because I had to write 88 songs. So Sweet. That's I was awesome. digging for whatever I could. <laughs> All righty. So Again, link to his channels in the description below and also Twitter handles on screen right now. And our second guest, we have Moodude, a Canada uh, person. Oh, uh, <laughs> a can- oh, good one, good one, good one. Um, yeah, uh, Moodude, also known as Alessandro by most human beings. It's um, a beautiful name, by I'm the way. I'm on Twitter at Moodude34, and uh, I like video games, I guess, hmm. and going out for long strolls on the beach. We should hook up later if that's what you like, Sandro. Your name is beautiful, no by the way. Alessandro. It's Italian, isn't Thank it? Thank you. That's great. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I can't speak Italian at all, though. But I tried to learn Italian back in high school, and it's just... I was there for five years, however long it was, and I just can't remember a single word, except for, like, hello and bye. And even that is scratchy at best. So, as I said, uh, Maddie and Noah aren't here. Uh, Maddie had a... I think it was his grandma's uh, birthday or something, so... He's off having a good time, so I said that I'd do the podcast this week, and that's why it's kind of cobbled together at the last second, but we actually do have a fair bit of news to get through. So this is the part of the podcast where Maddie will say, sugar bomb, t-shirts, everything is linked below. Hopefully that the iTunes and Google Play links for the podcast come up soon. I know there's been troubles with that, so I'll make sure Maddie's aware of it. But aside from that, I think we're all done with that. So let's start talking about Bethesda News, the very first segment. And Moodude, you said you were playing... You still play Nuka World? No, but then you cancelled, you stopped because you couldn't finish it. Can you explain that for a second before we start about this new topic? Uh, I went to Nuka World. Uh, uh, game crashed about 10 times because I put <laughs> the mods in. Yes. So, so uh, it was I, your fault uh, is what you're saying. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And yeah. then I finally got it working and I uh, got pretty far through the storyline. And I think so, at least. I have no idea because yeah. I don't know the ending yet. I haven't spoiled it for myself. But... Um, <laughs> I'm, I've basically gone mostly through Galactic World or whatever it's called. Galactic Zone, sorry. And uh, I just haven't found all the Star Cores, so I just kind of raged and just kind of uh, left it there. And it's been like a few weeks since then, but like, you know, I'm slowly kind of trying to trickle back into finding those Star Cores. Awesome. Now, the reason why I got him to describe that story is because uh, Fallout 4 is getting a new patch that is fixing Nuka World's quest-breaking bug. I didn't even know there was a quest-breaking bug. To be honest, I want to be transparent now, I haven't really played Nuka World. I know I'm the devil, and I shouldn't be a Fallout <laughs> fan, but <laughs> I haven't. So Not a true fan. I know, right? L- let me describe I'm- this article, and we can talk about <laughs> it. Uh, Bethesda today released a new patch for Fallout 4 on PC and Xbox One. Not PS4, though. That makes tweaks to the base game and the Nuka World, Far Harbor, and Contraptions Workshop expansions. Uh, The update for Fallout 4 makes general updates to Bethesda.net mods. 
sorry, PlayStation guys, I really am. <laughs> no specifics were uh, provided, but this could be related to new comment moderation tools for mod authors that Bethesda discussed earlier this week. As for Nuka World, the new update fixes a problem where the Grand Tour mission could not be completed if Gage was your active companion when you started the quest. The PlayStation 4 patch will come sometime later, Bethesda said, though it did not provide any kind of timetable for its release. Uh, and the Bethesda said even less about the Far Harbor and Contraptions Workshop expansions. And they were just minor updates. So, Mr. G, you've been playing through Nuka World, is that correct? I have been. Now, I have been playing through Nuka World. What do you think of it, and have you encountered any of these kinds of bugs or crashes or anything like that? Well, okay, so I haven't, I know, I haven't encountered any bugs or any any weird, uh, no, nothing. It's It's worked flawlessly. Mm. Now, I have not... I don't know how many hours I have in. Um, I'm I'm ju- literally I'm playing once a week on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. PST, and I'm <laughs> I'm just I'm live streaming it. And uh, that's gonna so take you I, forever to get through. That sucks. It's gonna take me. <laughs> I'll probably I'll probably break down and on a Saturday do like a four hour you know just gameathon and and catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I haven't experienced anything yet. I've just I've had a lot of fun with it. It's, yeah, there's some cool stuff. I really like the. Well, I don't know if I want to. I don't want to give anything away for those who haven't played it yet. But I like the. There's a ghoul area in mm. in the that won't say too much. And I really like the story, at least the little thing that goes along with that is pretty cool. Mm. So, so I have enjoyed it so far. I, I I've said this before the podcast recorded, and I'll say it on podcast right now. I don't care. I haven't really played Nuka World. I just have another time when I've been focusing on other things. So I wanted to ask, and I'll start with you, Moo, dude. How is right. the whole being evil raider thing? Is it like in a genuine way? Can you actually be an evil raider, or is it kind of just like, eh, you can, but you you're still kind of forced to be the good guy? Uh you can be an evil raider. Uh, uh you can if you actually just go straight to Nuka World from uh, Vault One Eleven, and then you can still rescue Preston Garvey even if you're the leader of Nuka World. But then after, once you go to huh. Sanctuary, he'll get mad at you and be like, "I've know what you've done." Uh, no more settlements. We'll need your help. Ah, oh, <laughs> yes, um, my dream. <laughs> um, uh, but you, I'm pretty sure you can get him to like you again if you kill all the raiders at Nuka World. But essentially, all you can really do in the Commonwealth to be mean is just uh, kill all the settlers in a settlement and just take it for yourself, or um, just tell them to leave by cons- by convincing them. Um, and that's essentially it. You're just basically taking over settlements with just a new faction. That sounds all right, though. I mean, at least we're given the chance to to do something evil, and that's what I really wanted with this DLC. Even though I haven't gone around, gotten the chance to play it yet. What What do you think, uh, G? Is there anything you want to add to that? Well, I thought it was. I mean, I'll be honest. I thought it was weird that I was my character that I normally am going into Nuka World. And uh, I, I played it like I was, I've been playing it, like I'm the good guy yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm me trying to make decisions and not like, I didn't, I didn't feel like it ever made me violate that, mm. if that makes sense. Like it didn't make me cross a boundary where I'm like, oh, I just did something that's yeah. not in line with what my character was. Mm. I think I could, cause I don't, cause they're raiders. So I'm not feeling bad about taking them out because they've been nothing but a pain in my butt since the very <laughs> beginning of all time in Fallout, right? Yeah. So yeah. raiders are mm-hmm. always horrible, evil people who are hanging people's carcasses in their houses or whatever. Yeah. Um, I like, 
like I have a friend, his name's Mazurf, and uh, he uh, he he loves like the dark side of you know being like he loved the the additions in the um, the builder where you can add all the Raider stuff everywhere. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you want to build yourself like a custom you know layer of doom. Uh, Raider Lair of Doom, this is probably super awesome. But you can be the good guy, right? Like, you you said that you've always been a good guy, and you went into this DLC, which seems to be evil Raider orientated, but you can still be a good person, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I don't feel like I'm being for... I'm working with the Raider. I'm sort of like, you become like the king of the Raiders, I guess. I guess you can avoid that, but I I feel like you wouldn't have much of the story. But I don't feel like I'm, like... I I don't know how it's going to end. Like, Mm. I don't know if I'm going to turn and shoot everybody or go, oh, you know, maybe not all the Raiders are so bad. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. I don't know what their intention was with that, but I'm liking it. Okay, cool. All righty. Well, that was just a quick Fallout 4 update. Um, Honestly, at this stage, the the news well has well and truly run dry. Um, And Bethesda, (laughs) and I think a lot of the fan base, unless you're modding the game, sorry, PS4 plays again, um, are moving on to different things. So... We should do the same. We're talking about now the Skyrim remaster. Uh, there was just something that I wanted to update on before I talk about the next Skyrim news. So there's a Skyrim remaster Dragonborn bundle that includes a Doverkin mask for anyone that's interested. I believe it's $75 in the US and it's probably like $300 in Australia. <laughs> so for $75, you. I know, you can buy a Dragonborn bundle which comes with a Doverkin mask and a physical copy of the game in a collectible steelbook case. You can wear the soft-looking hat while playing the game to become the Dragonborn while playing as the Dragon. That's a terrible... That's a terrible word play in the article. That's, that's shocking. Come on, GameSpot, <laughs> lift your game. <laughs> and then, but the next piece of Skyrim news, which I thought was interesting and I wanted to talk about, is to celebrate the release of Skyrim Remastered, there's actually a, a concert taking place, a live concert in London, I believe, that's essentially the game soundtrack for Skyrim. But apparently, the original uh, composer for the Skyrim soundtrack, and his name is Jeremy Soule, of course it is. He isn't a fan of the upcoming concert for the game. So he claims that the orchestra won't be using any of his original scores. Instead, the performers had to dis- had to transcribe the notations they are performing by ear, which Saul call- calls a flawed process that's fraught with errors. I just wanted to talk about this because I find it very interesting and I find Skyrim's uh, soundtrack, and-, and this is especially because whenever I do a Skyrim video, I always get the music for it for the background so i always have a listen to it and it's an absolutely phenomenal beautiful soundtrack and i know while yeah. you guys haven't yeah i know uh Moo dude you said i want to i want to put you out to dry on this podcast you said you didn't really like skyrim but but how could you i know um uh, mr g i don't know if you've played skyrim or not i loved skyrim man it was i oblivion led me to bethesda okay and then and then I went Fallout 3, and then Skyrim. I loved it. I thought it was great. So what do you... Uh, we'll start with you. What do you think about this? You know, the the whole... The original Skyrim composer isn't involved in the process, and his original scores aren't even being used in this in this live concert. Well, as a musician, I think it's kind of... It feels kind of jacked up. Like, hmm. <sighs> There's this trickle-down thing where you try to get everything cheaper and you find a cheaper way to do it so you can make bigger profits. And, and I think probably that's part of the yeah. what there was going on. They, it was too expensive to have him do it, so they find a, a, a cheap facsimile of it yeah. and, and, and do it. Now, 
I don't know what their agreement was. I mean, they probably paid him for the rights to the music, so they own. I'm guessing they own that music, and they can have whoever yeah. they want perform it. So, I mean, I I can relate as a musician, like that feeling of being jilted. Um, I don't know if that means he isn't going to get royalties and get paid for that at some point, or if he's already been paid all he's going to get paid. Uh, yeah, that's it's interesting. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It's just uh, I don't know how horrible or different it will sound, or if it's just going to offend him personally because he yeah. composed every single note, and so he hears some guy playing a G when it should be a you know G flat or something, and he's yeah. kind of wincing in his mind. Hmm. Um, what What about you, Moo? Do Do you think it's notice. Do you think it's somewhat disingenuous to fans that, you know, I'm assuming that most of the people in attendance are going to be fans of the franchise. I can't imagine anyone that would attend a Skyrim live concert just because they're interested in musical theater. Maybe people are, like maybe people are interested in just the music side or uh, aspect of things. But do you think it might be a little bit disingenuous to fans that are sitting in this event and they listen and they think, this doesn't really sound like the Skyrim soundtrack? Well, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think it probably would be, yeah. Because I, I might not like Skyrim, but I did, like, you know, defeat Alduin or whatever on my Xbox. Yeah. But um, the soundtrack was phenomenal. And of course, yeah. And it was great. And, like, I downloaded it on my phone, like, a few weeks later after that. Um, but I think that if, the like, the orchestra is trying to, like, you know, put it in their own things, put it in their own music sheets by ear obviously they're going to get some stuff wrong and obviously yeah. some hardcore fans will pick like, up know, on it probably get triggered <laughs> um triggered but uh i think they probably know what they're doing to an extent but yeah i i think people will notice a difference though and i think some fans will definitely be upset i i think that I think more fans would be upset. Say if they would have, for example, we're going to completely redo the soundtrack for Skyrim Remastered just to up the quality a little bit because it was recorded in 2011. We have better tools, so we're going to make a, the, the music even better and add that to the game. And they didn't involve the original composer at that stage. Then I would see you know, Skyrim fans thinking, well, you, you should probably include him, even if it's just to get the music just right. But you know, this is kind of like an offside thing. It's a, it's a live concert. Concert. who knows it's probably not going to be streamed or anything like that it could be made available for purchase on a, on a disc or whatever or a digital file so you know, i i do feel shitty for him because you know he he worked on this thing for however many years um and he had absolutely no involvement he, he even said that he doesn't know anyone who will be part of the event and quote won't endorse a concert that is trading on my name in music that has absolutely no oversight or involvement on my on my part so he seems to be a bit ticked off about yeah. this. He does sound ticked off. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, wonder, and, and I'd I probably get it as well, you know, if I, if I was, one, a musician, but two, actually involved in, in the process and then to, to kind of be cut out from it. But, you know, again, I, I think it would be an even more or in an even worse situation if they were trying to redo the entire soundtrack and said, all right, we're not going to involve the original composer. So... Yeah, I guess it was just an interesting topic that I wanted to bring up. We don't really need to dwell on it anymore. But on game soundtracks, this is another quick update. Doom's game soundtrack is now being made available uh, to be listened to outside of the game, which is awesome because Doom's soundtrack, even though I don't really like the hard metal rock music, etc., it really did fit the the theme of the game. Have either of you played Doom at all, the single player? I have. 
I haven't beaten it, but uh, I uh, played the demo on my computer, and then I played some of it at my friend's house. So, and, and Mr. J, what about you? Same, same thing. I played the demo, and I thought it was great. I thought it it felt really good to play. You know, and especially I, that's another one like when you when you get to these these points in the game where it's kind of like somewhat silent there might be some ambient music and then the music starts playing the fucking metal hardcore rock and you think oh shit there's <laughs> there's enemies coming it it really does add to the intensity of the game and and i think oh, it's yeah. absolutely awesome but to be honest doom soundtrack for me isn't kind of music that i'd listen to in my spare time or while i'm studying or working fallout soundtrack or bioshock soundtrack yeah it's nice you know 1940s 50s jazz blue music but listening to this hardcore stuff when you're not playing doom i don't know it, it's a bit weird to me <laughs> It's a little stressful. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be really, really edgy to listen to that in your spare time. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. But uh, Bethesda uh, has released the soundtrack for to uh, for purchase, and you can buy it on both iTunes, sorry, for ten dollars, Google Play for nine forty nine, whatever the difference is, and it can actually be stre- streamed through Spotify because Spotify has its own little new gaming section, which is really cool, and it actually has like a soundtrack from Assassin's Creed and Fallout, which I was listening to. It's it's really awesome, actually. So. If anyone's interested, it's there. You can probably find the articles really easily by Googling it. And probably the biggest uh, update or news topic for today's Bethesda segment is Dishonored 2. So, first of all, pre-ordering Dishonored 2 lets you play the game a day early, um, which I think is cool. And also, I still believe it's the case if if you pre-order Dishonored 2, you actually get Dishonored 1 uh, Definitive Edition or one of those editions for free. I'm not too sure if it differs between PC and console, but... It's an interesting prospect, and I know some people don't like the whole pre-order culture, and I get that. Um, but if you are interested in playing it a day early, then this is something for you to, to to think about. But I guess the main topic is there's been an, a bunch of Dishonored 2 um, gameplay footage been released about this Clockwork Mansion uh, mission that I actually got the chance to play earlier this week. I went to a Bethesda event, and I got to play two to three hours of it um, as both Emily and Corvo, which was really fun. And then there, there was an embargo to release that news, and then about a couple of days after, Bethesda released their own trailers for it and their own analysis of it. So um, I'll describe it a little bit more. They, they released both a high-chaos and a low-chaos trailer uh, for this mission, which I really like. Um, so it's essentially... What, is that? what does that mean? I'll show you what High I... Chaos, so low chaos. You can play the original Dishonored and, of course, Dishonored 2 in two different ways, essentially. You can play it as a high chaos or a low chaos person. If you're high chaos, you're essentially killing everyone. And if you're low chaos, you're essentially gotcha. uh, incapacitating people or not really killing people or dealing with your assassination targets in a different way aside from killing them. Um, and that affects the, the results of the game and, and how the story progresses. And also, in the original Dishonored, it affects how Emily, who you can play now as in Dishonored 2, how she was as a person. So if you played as a High Chaos Corvo, she would be more dark. Like, the paintings she draws as a child are much more dark and, and evil. But if you play as a good person, as Low, low Chaos, then, she, you know, much more bright, you know, Rainbows, colorful painting. Unicorns. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the, I like, first of all, how they're showing these two different aspects of uh, of playing as Dishonored 2 in the trailers because the previous trailer that they released for Corvo was very gritty, uh, intense, killing people, was clearly high chaos. So I like how they distinguished this, but I guess I'll ask you guys, we'll, we'll start with you, Mr. G. How closely have you followed the whole Dishonored 2 uh, news hype thing and are you going to be picking it up because you haven't played the original? 
I okay. So I have I've just I've seen it everywhere yeah. because I'm a Bethesda fan. Yeah. So I mean I know it's I know it's there. I know from you guys, like I'm always hearing hearing you guys talk about it. Um, but I I didn't play the first one. I think I did a demo. Yeah. And I'm not sure because I'm a I'm a parent. I have three kids, I'm a full-time teacher. Um, so you have no and, time to play so games. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time, right? So when I play a game, like I'm all like Fallout, man, I'm all in. Yeah. Um, and so this game looks really cool. It looks super cool from what I've seen. But again, I haven't like I haven't dug in super hard, so yeah. I'm not I'm not sold yet. And I'm hoping that maybe you can uh, you can sway me to the mm. dark side of uh, Dishonored Two. I probably could. Um, Moo dude, <laughs> we'll get your thoughts, and then I'll give a bit of a spiel. Uh, I've mostly been following the news off your channel and then off of... You, you damn right you have. Thank about. you, Moo, dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I am a true fan. Um, but uh, I watched the High Chaos trailer and that looked pretty cool. I didn't get a chance to watch the Low Chaos trailer. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely going to be picking up Dishonored 2. Most likely picking up the Definitive Edition because I haven't played one yet. You need to play so, it. Uh, you need to play the original. Yeah. That's, that's what also a lot of people have been saying to me. So looks like it's going to be a great game and i'm really excited for that so yeah. probably definitely going to be picking it up so dishonored 2 in many different ways is connected story-wise to the original dishonored it's not like a, a far cry or something like that where you can kind of play the sequel or even a skyrim where you can kind of play the sequel without playing the uh, previous game dishonored 2 is very much a true sequel in the sense that it's connected storyline wise like you're playing as emily for a reason and i, and I won't give you know spoilers in that regard but to people that haven't played Dishonored, I'll say that um, if you like stealthy games, if you like playing as that assassin or, you know, the original Thief games, then you, you'd enjoy the original Dishonored because it's very much like that. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it has the greatest story in the world. It's something that keeps the, sto- keeps the game going along and gives you a reason to do the things that you're doing. But the gameplay, I think, is really where Dishonored shines. You know, you can... You, you have these different powers. In the original game as Corvo, you have these powers at your disposal that are very fun to use and to mix up with all the weapons that you have. You can be very stealthy-like. You can play low chaos and high chaos, so either killing everyone or not killing everyone. You can play, replay the game again to, to see how the game plays from that different perspective because it changes it up completely. When you're going around killing everyone to complete the game versus when you're trying to be more stealthy and using sleep darts and, and making people unconscious, it, it changes it up a lot. And the fact that now in Dishonored 2, there are two characters, each of which you can do a low, low chaos and high chaos. And because they have two different power or two different sets of powers, there's essentially four times you can replay this game with different elements. So I think that's really, really cool. And the original game, because it was just Corvo that you could play as, it's more so too. And I haven't played the DLC for the original Dishonored, but apparently the DLC is really good as well. So I want to finish that off. But Again, if you're a fan of those original Thief games or even Assassin's Creed uh, to a lesser extent, um, and mm. you and you like you know playing those stealthy games, then I'd recommend Dishonored to anyone. I, I think it's really cool. Um, and the I was just going to say that it looked a little bit like Assassin's Creed. Just looking at screenshots, yeah, I, I feel like I feel there's a little bit of that Assassin's Creed element in there. Definitely, and and, and it definitely does feel like Thief. I've played that game, and it does look a lot like Thief. Have you I played love- the original Thief or like the the recent one? 
was the what's what's the original? I've only played the one that was on Steam, I think. Yeah, so I think that's the more recent one. Like, I don't know, I don't know why, because I haven't necessarily played Thief, but a lot of people say that the original Thief was a bit more uh, stealthy, and the and the new one wasn't as good and didn't really stay true to the original. And that's said about a lot of games. Let's be honest, um, but. I don't know, like, apparently there's a difference, so that's why I kept emphasizing the original Thief, because apparently that stealthy aspect is is much more pervasive in that game. But in any event, I'd recommend Dishonored to anyone, and then if you're interested in pre-ordering Dishonored 2, you can to to play the game early, and also uh, you get the original Dishonored for free. I'm not too sure if you get it for free now or whether you have to, like, it releases to you on the release of Dishonored 2. I don't know. Um, but you know, it's something to, to think about if you are interested in getting into the franchise. So that wraps up our, but there's a new segment about 25 minutes. That's not bad. So now let's get into what we've been playing in our favorite gaming news bits. So I asked these two to think about it, but I'm not sure if they have, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Mr. I, I G thought about it. you did. All right. So we can start with you. What have you been playing and what's oh, your favorite yeah. gaming news bit? If you have both. Okay, well, there's two games that I was playing when I was before Nuka World came out. I had kind of stopped playing Fallout. I'm like, I'd beat it, I'd played through it, I, I loved it, yeah. but I was ready for something new. Yeah. And uh, I'd seen my son and his friends have been playing this game called Seven Days to Die. <laughs> God. I love oh. that game. I don't know about any. Have you played it? Have you guys played Never. this game? I have. I have. I got it. I got it when it was in early, early alpha build. I think. I I love it. I played it. I played so much of that until Nuka World came out. So I, I what is totally it about exactly it. though? You it's are... like a zombie apocalypse kind of a <laughs> sandbox build it thing. Yeah, yeah. It's and it. I'll tell you what. It it gave me a little bit of that Fallout. There, it feels a little bit. Mm. I mean, do you, would you agree that there's a little bit of Fallout there? But it's it's got yeah. the mind, the crafting element is way easier. And you can craft anywhere at any time. Kind of like it's got like that Minecraft destructibility of the world um, where you can build anything, but it's got this zombie impending doom thing, like where every <laughs> night, you know, like a horde of zombies is coming, or every seven nights, you know, you have another giant horde that comes through. And it and kind of feels like a bit like Fallout New Vegas, while you have a, a lot of a plain kind of. Uh, boringish area, and then you find like a big city or like a big uh, town after walking like the highway or the road for like a, a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's I loved. It was another one of those games where the discovery element of the game was so cool that you'd find something you're like, oh my gosh, like that's so rad. Look, there's like this huge building in the background, and you know that there's going to be a ton of junk in there, and there's going to be zombies hiding, and um, a lot of jump scares for me, like just getting freaked <laughs> out. Um, oh, right. And then I've been playing Fallout 4 Nuka World and, and screaming like a girl when the ghouls jump at me. Like, uh, <laughs> um, And, and the, by the way, screaming like a girl is like a really tough thing to do. Because of course it is. They'll I mean, scream really well. They, no, they, um, they, and they scream loud and it hurts when they scream. Right. It's a much better, <laughs> more powerful scream. So that is not a... <laughs> I failed. Okay, so <laughs> she's going to slap oh. me up real good later. Um, yeah, I was... I freaked every time those ghouls like surprise me like i mm. just because they do that jumping thing <laughs> and it just i yeah i lose it so i've had a lot of fun with uh, nuka world and cool. seven days to die and uh yeah that's what i've been playing of late do, do you have any gaming news or nothing it was really tickled your fancy this week no nah, i mean no i'm just uh the, the gaming news uh just well dishonored 2 now is on my radar yeah you know <laughs> it, it's been very 
I guess, seriously, this past couple of months in terms of gaming news, it's been rather quiet. I mean, we've been waiting fucking how long for news on Nintendo NX. I'm really excited for that. Um, yeah. You know, we're still waiting on Project Scorpio, seeing what that's going to be. We did have the Play- PlayStation 4 Pro release, so um, that was interesting. But, Moo Dude, what about you? Have you What have you been playing, and do you have any favorite gaming news bits from this week? Uh, I've mostly been playing um, probably uh, Far Cry 4 because I've been trying to uh, 100% that game on uh, the hardest difficulty. Oh, uh, that's been it's been a, it's been a, been a challenge. Is, is there an achievement at t- a tie to the fact that it has to be the hardest difficulty? I'm pretty sure. Fuck. I f- okay. forget what it's called, but uh, I'm pretty sure there is because um, there is like a percent thing when you uh, pause the game. Yeah. Um, of how much of the game you've like you know explored and collected and missions you've done and everything um but um i'm not just doing the 100 percent of what the achievement is needed for yeah um i'm doing i'm also discovering like every location and i'm grabbing every loot crate Jesus. <laughs> and i'm uh, doing everything and uh i i don't know i just i like because when, when you press m right to look at your map you you see like everything that you haven't touched like including loot crates and outposts yeah. and all these different things and then I just like it. So, like, I clear an area totally. So then it just looks like a map, not mm. like a map with, like, all these little different small things on it. Yeah. Um, also, I've been playing uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Of course. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, been yeah, getting back into that. Um, I was always so bad at that game. Even at this, like, first of all, I'm not, I've never really been a PC gamer. So I've mostly been on console. So not only going to PC shooters, but going to Counter-Strike, I just got destroyed. It's fucking terrible. Oh, yeah, I same know. with me. I, I I grew up with uh I grew up with the GameCube, and then I had an Xbox 360, and then that was when I first played Call of Duty on my Xbox, and then uh, I ended up getting a laptop, and then that was the first time I got Counter Strike, and then I played it for like an hour, and I was horrible at it. I couldn't do anything in it, just yeah. like you said, and then I didn't play it for like probably a good four or five years, ah. and then uh. Maybe about two years ago or so, when I was like 14, um, I, uh, I I started getting back into it because uh, when I when I got into high school, lots of people were playing and talking about it. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I'm still not good by any means. But, um, <laughs> now, you, uh, you said something I, interesting there. You said that you grew up with a GameCube. I find that to be fascinating because I think GameCube was one of the most underestimated consoles like that, it had a not a huge suite of games, but it had a decent set of games like uh, Mario Sunshine or whatever it was called. Um, I, oh, th- oh, that's my favorite game of all time. <laughs> really, I knew ever it. <laughs> created. How oh, good was that game? Right there, it's in a bag right now. Oh, it's it's literally like <laughs> imagine <laughs> happiness and then multiply yep. it by like a billion. I, look, so, and then just like add, and then add like God Eagles. Howard's like, light to that, <laughs> and then you got Fallout, and then you got Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, Fallout there, but I don't know. I I grew up with that game, and that was like one of the very first games I ever really got into and actually finished. Yeah, you know, I, I really um, like you know, especially with people from different ages, hearing about the games and the consoles that they grew up with, because I essentially grew up with the Super Nintendo and then uh, a Nintendo sixty four. So I was playing the Super Mario's of that time before Super Mario Sunshine, and I never owned a GameCube, but uh, my brother's friend managed to, to to lend us it for a while, and I played Super Mario Sunshine and I played Wind Waker. Fuck that that 
console, even though you know it was underestimated and one of the the lowest selling Nintendo consoles, which they seem to do, they alternate between a really good selling console and a really shitty selling console. Super Mario Sunshine, Wind Waker, those games were awesome. I, I loved them. Oh, and then I also have a James Bond on my GameCube. What oh. James Bond do you have on the GameCube? Uh, one sec. One, it's right. It's right there. One sec. Let me show you all my games. He's like a little kid again. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Legit. He's getting I never it now. had a Nintendo. What did you have, Mister oh, G? God damn. I oh. had. Well, so I grew up with a TRS eighty, the Radio Shack. What is that? Cassette. What? The tr- it was the t- Trash eighty. It was probably <laughs> one of the first. It was right before. It, so the games were like 32K. Oh, my God. 64K. Oh, my God. And I remember... Okay, so this is an old man story. I remember... When we <laughs> Back in my games, day! <laughs> we loaded fire. games uphill both ways! <laughs> no, we, we had games on cassette. What did I walk back into? <laughs> you walked back into a crazy old man... Nostalgia time. Consoles. No, t- uh, what, what game did you find? Uh, Agent Under Fire, 007. Agent Under Fire. See, I I play Nintendo sixty four double oh seven Goldeneye. That was a great game. Uh, one- oh, that was a great game. It was fantastic. That. So, wait, go back to your story, Mister G. What okay, so- what, what is this game console thing? Well, the TRS eighty, uh, the Trash is known as the Trash eighty. Um, it was a right. Radio Shack, which is a electronic store here in the states. <laughs> um, and uh, the TRS-80, you can just you can Google TRS-80, and it's this old-looking computer. Oh my god, uh, I just did. And you would run cassettes for some of the games, like a, literally a tape cassette. Um, it would it sounded kind of like it was kind of like listening to the old dial-up modems, and oh it would play god. the cassette. And you would load the game um, via cassette. That's and crazy. It was super crazy. It was so cool when we finally got cartridges. Like there were some cartridge games that you could just plug in and it would work but a lot of the games you would go and buy them in these like plastic bags and it would just be the cassette and then uh, like a oh. slip of paper just kind of describing the game this was back when there really there was no game stops it was it was very ma and pop computer store and yeah. there was a few games and you just you were just digging around for whatever cool game you could find you know and and uh i mean i, I only remember a few but a lot of them were rip-offs of like there was pitfall rip-offs and um a lot of text adventure type games, yeah, like kind of like the Zork. Um, so, what's kind, kind of, of the so, what's the first mainstream or game dedicated game console that you ever purchased? Uh, the first dead PS3. Wow, really? Shit. Yeah, that's. Light. I wasn't. I wasn't. I had compute. So I had computers, you know, growing up, and there weren't uh, like I didn't. I missed the like. So my friends had Ataris. Yeah, and I don't know why I never got an Atari, but they had Atari, so I got to play Atari at my friend's house. But okay. I never, we didn't. Okay. I don't know if it was too expensive for my parents at the time, or I don't know. But I remember um, back so then, I, game consoles and games being very expensive. Oh yeah, I remember my neighbor had Super Mario, and that was amazing. Like playing mm. Super Mario was that was such a great game. It's still a great game. Oh, it you definitely know, is. Like sometimes I go 100%. back and play on the uh, emulator, uh, but I actually I have a Nintendo sixty four. <laughs> it's just back home. But playing, I, I'll still play Ocarina of Time to this day. I'll still play Super Smash Brothers on the sixty four to this day, and games like that. I mean, I I, I feel like that the generation that I grew up in. So I was born in the nineties, early nineties. That the games and the consoles that were around then, I thought were just 
you know, it's a really great time to be a gamer. It was a really great time to grow up in that in that time because I felt like I had so many great game franchises at my disposal. Like one of my favorite games, and I probably shouldn't have been playing this at the time, but it was Mortal Kombat on the Super Nintendo. That that game was fucking amazing. Like. And having those kinds of games that are still around to this day, I, I feel like it was the golden time, like the golden age of gaming. Um, wh- what about you, Moo, dude? So you said you played Super Mario Sunshine. What other yeah. like major game consoles or, or games did you play as you know growing up? Um, I had a GameCube, which yeah. was my first kind of thing. I had um, Animal Crossing. That was the very <laughs> first game. I didn't even know they made that back then. Shit. Played on my GameCube. And... I'm pretty sure I had The Incredibles or wow. something. That was the second game I ever got. Okay. Was that any good? I, I, I can't remember. I remember... It's <laughs> probably I was really so bad. I, was, I, was <laughs> I so, usually hate all movie games. They're just always... Yeah, they're, they're usually crappy. pretty trash. But back then, like, you know, that, that was the shit. It was like, you know... But I, I remember being extremely scared, like, you know, dying. I'd be like freaking out like oh <laughs> like like screaming at my tv like i would die in real life if my if the character in my game would die yeah um and then i'm pretty sure i got a wii and then uh got some stuff on that interesting and i can't remember what i got on my wii i got uh mario what? kart i think was my first game on the That's wii lot- did you play that with like the the wireless wheel or like the motion wheel yeah yeah it, it came with the wheel <laughs> and um I ended up not using the wheel that much because the the the, the, the base kind of shit. controller was yeah it was way better with just the normal yeah. kind of thing like the D pad and, and then yeah. I got a a three a Xbox 360 and that's kind of what like introduced me to like the gaming community besides like you know me just like sitting at home yeah. and like you know just playing Mario Kart with my neighbor or whatever yeah with uh, Call of Duty Black Ops that was my first shit. kind of real triple a huge kind of uh multiplayer games interesting and it still remains my favorite cod today okay fuck yeah i love hearing these different types of stories because like you know for example when i'm talking to manny on the podcast and i'm like oh yeah i played these 64 games da 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 and he never really got into those things and i I have to think oh yeah because he's a different age like not not vastly different but it, even just a few years completely right. changed, changes the games you grew up with, the consoles you purchased. It, it's amazing. So I got to say, I grew up going to the arcade, like literally yeah. going in and putting, I yes. grew up putting quarters. So for me, I mean, I, I had the TRS-80, but playing Pac-Man was, <laughs> I mean, it was freaking amazing. Pac-Man, Galaga, um, wow. Gauntlet. Oh my gosh, Gauntlet was amazing. Dragon's Lair, that was the first game that had like cartoon. It was the guy that, this animator who created a game where you make decisions and you move the joystick and your character reacts. It was like, it blew our minds. You That's know? It amazing. Was, it was, and it was so much fun. I love those games. You know, there's a lot of nostalgia. Now, I, I absolutely love the new generation of games. I think they're amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff that's Flash games that are created. I play a lot of free Flash games um, online, okay. like at this website, Congregate dot com and and oh uh, i remember that yeah yeah i do i still do that um i actually do game reviews with my kids at school because i'm a teacher and and we'll uh we'll play games that's we'll great games that's great yeah it's, you're a good teacher I have the best job <laughs> by the way ever i have the best job because i get to teach 
and I teach electives, so I teach computers yeah. and um, and video editing. And so, I can do, I really create my own curriculum. It's, I'll tell you something, and, and this is not no joke, and I'm not just saying this, but I've always said if I had, a, you know, when someone says, if I had another life, I'd do this. Or, you know, if, if, if I had another go at growing up and, and studying, I'd do this differently. So right now, I, I studied law, and, and I'm you know working in the law field. But I've always said if I could do it differently, I'd become a teacher. And some people say that, oh, you know, it's, it's shitty pay, all this and that. But I'm like, yeah, but I reckon the job, you know, you, you can find a, a real passion in it. I don't know why. I, I, I've gone in a completely different direction. But if I could do it again, I'd probably become a teacher. You could teach law. Ah, but... <laughs> could do that. Yeah. Uh, it's I don't... not too late for you. <laughs> it's not too late. No, it, oh, it's never too late. I could do a, a, a year post-grad and be a teacher. It, 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 it only takes a year because I've got a degree. Um, right. So I, at any time, <laughs> if I ever have a midlife crisis, I could at any time become a teacher. <laughs> become a teacher. <laughs> those that... Those that do do, those that don't become teachers, or what is that? There's some, there's some saying, some like, sort of phrase. Those, those that can't teach, no. Oh, what it is it? I remember. You I, guys I remember need to think of the phrase. Of rock. Now. Oh, those School who can't rock, do teach. Hold up, I want to search. Those it. who can't do teach, and those who can't teach teach gym. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really funny. Uh, I, I love school of rock. Yeah, you're right. Moody got it right. Those who can't do teach and those who can't teach teach gym. That's brilliant. Teach gym. <laughs> uh, I love it. I know some really great gym teachers, by the way. So, really Moody's just oh. offended everyone. Oh, no, that's no, good. Please, I don't, I, I don't want all this in my mentions. <laughs> um, and I'll quickly mention. So, I, I already said that I I played Dishonored two this week. That was a lot of fun, like being able to play a, a game early and, you know, it, it was interesting how it worked out because around the world, there were Dishonored 2 events happening, right? And they were much more publicized and I think it was like a 20 to 30 minute demo. So to my knowledge, the one that took place in Australia was the first uh, one where Dishonored 2 was played for that long. Like we, we had three hours with the game. So, so we really did have an extended session, and I just loved it. The, the, the game is playing well. It was still in a, an early beta build. Um, so it was, I think it was locked at, even though it was on PC, it was locked at 30 FPS. It, w- it was stuttering at times. There were some glitches, but, you know, uh, it, it was still fun and still enjoyable, and, and I liked playing as both Corvo and Emily. Emily was definitely my favorite. But aside from that, the, the gaming news that I want to talk about is, on the topic of consoles and games, is the Nintendo NX. I'm probably going to get one. I, I hear so much news about it. All these third-party developers or publishers like EA and, and Ubisoft talking so highly about it. It seems like Nintendo is doing all the right things. And they just haven't announced it yet. And I'm just interested to see what it's like, what what this whole uh, hybrid handheld cons- home console thing is all about. Because that's the reason why now like, I'm interested in buying a 3DS, but I don't want to because I want to see what this NX is about. If it's going to be a, a handheld and a home console crossover, maybe I'd just stick with that. And we're going to get, uh, what's it called? Breath of the Wild, Zelda for it. We're probably going to get an, an, a Pokemon game, which is going to be one of the... Uh, a good console Pokemon game, which is awesome. So I'm really looking forward to the NX. Hey, man, the one on GameCube was, was pretty lit, okay? Was that Coliseum? Uh, no, it was Pokemon XD, if you can XD? believe it XD? Yeah, that's right! Holy shit. You and your GameCube. <laughs> hey, okay? <laughs> but that's what they need to do. They, they, they need... All right, this is what they need to do, in my opinion. 
they need to get, they need to get like the, the people that created the world of Skyrim. All right. Like the, like I'm I'm talking about level design. All right. Level design, those that created Skyrim and mix that together with the people at Nintendo and create an open world Pokemon game. That's, that's first or third person. I would, I would love that. Like, I I don't think I'd play any other game ever again. That would be absolutely amazing. But you, you know, you, you have to know that someone is developing that game. I fucking hope because so. with Pokemon Go, with the popularity of that game, you know they're like, oh, this is a, this is a money pit, right? We can make yeah. some bank here, and, and, and someone's I- probably been working on something where they can, like, you know, creating a world where they're like, okay, what are we going to attach to this world to make this, you know, yeah. awesome? Yeah. That, and that's great. And I'm that's sure cool. I'm I'm sure right now like they've probably tested it and and thrown the ideas around in the past and I'm sure right now that if they were going to do it the NX would be the time because I don't think you know with the popularity or the lack of uh popularity of the Wii U there wasn't really much of a fan base there wasn't really much of a, a console base there to to release such a hardcore game and a game that would take so much money and time developing like an open world Pokemon game would so I'm hoping that for the NX, because it seems like they're they're really going all out on this. That you know, this is the console they have to get right. If they don't get the NX right, Nintendo's not going out of business. They literally have billions of dollars in in reserves. It's crazy. But if they don't get this right, I, I think they're going to have to reevaluate whether they ever do a console again and whether they just become a software developer. Because I still think to this day that Nintendo has the best overall IP in franchises, like period, over any other publisher. Even though I haven't purchased a console of theirs or a game of theirs in a in a, in a very long time, um, if they can get the console bit right and they can still get third party developers or publishers like an EA, Ubisoft, then I think that NX can do very very well. It's just a you know a matter of them not repeating the mistakes that they did with the Wii U. Like the name of the Wii U was just terrible. It, some people thought that it was just an accessory. <laughs> Um, but that was a good discussion. So we have fan questions. I'm going to reload my Twitter because I'm. Oh, I'm, here comes. Yeah, I know. It's, let me oh, wait, did I give? Ones. Did I give my? Uh, did I give my news bit? Or did, did you give your news my, bit, or did I miss over? I, I skipped over it. I think I might have forgotten to. What's Sorry. your news bit, Moody? Uh, no, keep going. Uh, probably, uh, probably Mafia Three that's coming out in like less than a week. That's right. I'm All right. Yeah, yeah. Really hyped for that, and they're releasing trailers like left and right, and it's looking awesome. Like amazing and all these uh different youtubers and people are reviewing it and giving it great ratings and uh, i just i just hope it's not going to be like overhyped like fallout 4 kind of was and then it got kind of <laughs> negative attention because i, I like i love fallout 4 and i just mm. think it was kind of really too hyped and then that's why it kind of yeah probably uh, lots of people uh gave it like some negative feedback yeah um also civilization 6 that's coming out at the end of this month Hmm. I'm super hyped for that. I don't know if any of you guys have played Civilization. Never. Um, a long time ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, like pretty the old, great. old ones. I, I liked those games. I thought they were a lot of fun. Yeah, Civ 6 is the newest one that's coming out. Civ 5 was pretty popular on Steam. Um, but yeah, it's a, like a strategy kind of... Um, like you start off like 4000 BC, and then okay. you build up your whole civilization with whatever country or like you know people you choose to be hmm. um i'm probably gonna play as america on my first time playthrough um and then you basically get country. to 
Oh my god! Sure you are. Although, uh, although uh, there, many of us, many of us are going to be moving up there if if you believe the Facebook posts and and all. The hey, posts. hey! I I watched oh, that yeah. presidential debate. I mean, that was interesting. Hey, so did I. Okay. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Yeah, that that was. We won't get into that, but let's just say that Canada <laughs> may be filling up soon, depending hey, on the outlook. We, we don't we don't got many people. It's pretty spacious over here, you know. We we need more people in our igloos, okay? You, yeah, eh? Neither of you have the right stamina. Okay, okay, okay. okay. No, don't don't start, please. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry, I said it. Okay? I, I I have great temperament. Uh, this is all I want to say. <laughs> what a boot that moose in my igloo, eh? Moose, dude, I wanted to ask you. Do you need to have played the original Mafia or Mafia 2 to play Mafia 3? That's the question I want to know. Uh, no. No. It's an isolated story. Uh, yes, more or less. Like, um, there are characters that are making, like, cameos, and then some are, like, big cameos, like... Vito Scaletta, who was the protagonist of Mafia 2, is making like a comeback as um, one of Lincoln's main lieutenants that you can choose to operate for a district, Okay, um, which seems to be really cool. But uh, I think more or less you do not need to play the previous Mafia games unless like, you know, you want to know some some backstory on some of the characters and how uh, the world is formed and kind of things. Yeah. But yeah, it's mostly mostly an isolated story as far as I could tell. Okay, interesting. Alrighty, well, let's get to these fan questions. We have a few to get through, um, and I'll probably just pick five. At Ratchet... I have a song for this, by the way. Oh, I, you I have a song. a song. Did you? Yeah. Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. Fan <laughs> questions. Here they come. That's it. It's, it's so called it, fan it, questions. Here they come. It, it, all right. Is that the correct word for something like that is sting? Is that what it's called? Like a five-second... Yeah, that's like a sting. Yeah, yeah. it's like a sting. I love it's it. It's like a short little... Seg- yeah, yeah. It's like a sting or a stinger. Cool. Alrighty. So Ratchet570 asks, what's the sequel that improved most on its predecessor? I thought that was a really, really good question. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So we'll start with you, Moo, dude. What do you think? Ah, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I would probably... No, I would probably get too much hate for saying Fallout 4. Um... <laughs> uh, probably... in, some, in some ways, you'd be right. Does it have to... Does it have to be a game that's come out already? Oh, uh, not necessarily. Are you going to say Mafia? Uh, no, I was going to say Civ Six because of all the new stuff they're adding and all the stuff they're fixing. But for a game that's already out right now, yeah, I would probably say Grand Theft Auto Five. That's a good answer. Yeah. What What, what are you, Mister no, Jay? Heard... Um, I'll go. I'll go Fallout Four. All right. I'll take. I'm your Huckleberry for that. <laughs> I it was You'll take the hit. I, I loved all the things that happen in fallout four, you know, I, I think, I think they did a, a great job and I'm really looking forward to goat simulator two. Also, I'm really hoping that that, <laughs> I, never, I can't stand simulators. I've, I've never got into that. <laughs> um, my answer is probably going to be obvious to a lot of people that listen to me, but assassin's creed two, I thought, you know, went leaps and bounds beyond the original assassin's creed, which in many different ways was very repetitive. And it was the same thing over and over again, in particular, collecting all the flags and stuff. It was just very boring and drab, but the second assassin's creed, especially in terms of story and Ezio as a character. Oh, they did. They did so well with that. I absolutely loved it. Um, so we need to think of it. Oh, here we go. Um, at real, uh, sorry, at the real PJ. It's an interesting name, buddy asks, why hasn't the modding community for Fallout 4 been as good as Skyrim's? Mr. G? 
Why hasn't the modding modding community been? Say that again. <laughs> Why hasn't the modding community for Fallout Four been as good as Skyrim's? I, as a non modder, I would have a hard time answering that okay. question. But I'm gonna say, um, uh, because maybe because you had the you had the Obsidian, you had those first two games that sort of established the fantasy world. Um, and and so maybe there's a com- a community that's been built around longer than than when you got into like Fallout Three. So you already had like a a huge group of people who were very into that world. I'd like be interested to know in terms difference. of size whether oh, Elder Scrolls community or fan base is bigger than Fallout's. I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. I've always thought that they're just the, relatively the same, where they cross over to to a lot of different extents. But Moo dude, what 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 do you think about this question? If, if... Uh, I I mod my Fallout all my Fallout games that I've had, well Fallout Three and Fallout Four and Fallout New Vegas. So how is the Fallout Four um, modding community in your opinion? I think it's pretty good, but a lot of modders have kind of um, dropped out, and some of the big ones like DD Productions have kind of just dropped out of making mods because of um, people stealing mods and putting them onto Bethesda Net or whatever. That whole kind of hmm. uh, kind of scandalish thing. Um, but I think the modern community seems it seems to be probably about as good as Skyrim's because I've modded both games, but it's not as big yet, obviously, because Skyrim's been out for a couple of years and Fallout Four has just been out for almost well, a year now. That, yeah, that's the thing that I think people need to bear in mind, and, and I've probably been guilty of this in the past when I just say, "Oh, Skyrim's modern community w- w- is better," is that you know Skyrim's been released w- was released twenty eleven, so it's had five years to develop and nurture. Whereas Fallout right. 4, you know, was released late 2015, so it's had what almost a year. God, it it hasn't even been a year yet. It's it's a year next month, I think. Yeah. Oh, so, it has more mods than the Fallout 3 Nexus does. I'm oh, definitely. Right I, no, it's. I think it's without a doubt. It's it's bigger and better than the modding for Fallout 3 in New Vegas. But Skyrim's modding community, I don't know. It, it I I guess it had that special feeling to it. And, and I never was, you know, in the heyday of Skyrim modding, but I came very late. But to see, even coming late in 2014, I believe I started modding Skyrim, just how many mods were there and were still coming out for that game, still three years after the release, it was just an amazing thing to see. Um, and still all of these quest world. mods. It definitely was. It was a great world. And, you know, and people wanted to stay there and they wanted to be a part of it. And and that and that I think that's why people like I mean the same thing that's the same with Fallout. I, I felt that way about Fallout Three, man. I I love that world. I still yeah, me too. I think I could still find things in Fallout Three that I didn't find. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And people want to extend that experience, and and Bethesda made that a lot easier for everyone to do. And I think probably with Skyrim, maybe that was the first time that it was such a maybe easier to do. I'm yeah. guessing. I, and I don't know because I haven't done the modding, but um, I mean, was there was there modding for like before that? Could you mod the previous? Yeah, you can mod Fallout yeah. Three. I'm pretty sure you can mod Fallout Three definitely, and you could. I think you could mod Oblivion as well. Is it because is it because of the tools that Bethesda gave? Like, were there a, like a tool set, or is this? I mean, yeah, there's the GAC. Yeah, like but, Bethesda, right, of all, okay. like for, as far as my memory goes, and I could be completely wrong about this, Bethesda has always released the modding tools to the community. Um, and I, I think with the case of Fallout 4, because the modding tools, you know, even though Fallout 4 has been released since November of last year, 
Uh, the modding tools were released, you know, I think it was mid this year or something like that. So even like in, in terms of the great mods and, you know, getting those really high quality mods, you really do need the GEC. So if, if we actually take into account that the GEC has only been out for Fallout 4 uh, for, I don't know, maybe six months, it's roughly something like that then I, I think it's a bit tough to, to judge Fallout 4's modding community yet. And I think we need to give it time to, to grow and nurture and maybe come back in a couple of years and say, all right, now how does it compare to Skyrim's? Because as you guys have said, I think it was Moodoo, you know, Fallout 4, in terms of the number of mods that are released, much more than Fallout 3, much more than New Vegas already, I believe. And it, it's, it's, it is growing, it is getting better, there are new mods coming out all the time. You know, Gopher has a modding series on Fallout 4, and he's always talking about the new, newest and greatest mods that are coming out. I, I, I think maybe why some people think the modding community isn't as good is maybe more so leaning towards people's sentiments towards Fallout 4 as a game, and not necessarily the mods around it. Um, yeah. because, you know, it had the voice protagonist and you know, all these changes, and people just <laughs> didn't like Fallout 4 as much as they liked Skyrim. I don't know, I, I think it's around that. Can I throw in a quick piece of uh, modding news uh, sure. for Call for? Just sure. Um, the creator of Fallout Dust, um, I'm pretty sure you guys know what Fallout Dust. I'm pretty sure Lone knows what Fallout Dust is. Yeah. Um, for Fallout New Vegas, has created uh, Fallout Frost for New Vegas uh, for Fallout Four, and uh, it's in early alpha, but it looks pretty good. Have you I tried it? Have it downloaded? I haven't tried it, but I've downloaded it, and it's a pretty hefty download. But what it looks like is um, basically it's changed like the whole world and like, you know, just like Fallout Dust is like, you know, none of the main storyline almost exists. It's uh, it, it's pretty sure it's set right after the Great War happens. So you're not really allowed to go outside. You're mostly in the subway tunnels. And then when you do go outside, you have to use like a gas mask and there's this whole. Ah, gas so it's mask very metro feely. OK. I yeah. Like that. Yeah. So it looks really cool. And it's I'm pretty sure it's mod of the month right now on the Nexus. You know, but... it's interesting that you brought that up because there was actually a, a question at Dr. O'Neill asked that very same thing. So he said, what do you think of Fallout Falls version of Dust now called Frost? Um, oh, yeah. So that is interesting. And I, I, I did like metros kind of you spend most of the time in the subway and you only emerge you know for certain things and it's, it's like in terms of danger and in terms of radiation it's much harsher than what fallout you know fallouts above ground is or has ever been so i, I do like that and, and i might check it out it might get me to play fallout again if i have the time um so at j carriage asks what do you think scorpio's starting bundle will be priced at and launch games that utilize its power? I think that's an interesting question. We'll start with you, Mr. G. What do you think that the Scorpio could be priced at? Because it is such a, a beefy 4K console, it seems. Oh, gosh. I, I uh, <laughs> guess. Let's see. Give a random guess. <laughs> it's probably, it's going to be a 99, you know, it'll be like a 299.99 or 199, you know, so that you're thinking, oh, wow, it's 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 in the hundreds. I can afford that. Or the 200s. I, I have, I don't know. What, what about you, Moody? What, what do you think? Uh, I don't know because the Xbox One, when that first came out, that was 500 bucks, right? And then lots of people were getting really mad that it was so expensive. So they ended up lowering it to 400. Yeah. Um, but I think it's probably going to be priced around 400 bucks. Uh, I think th- I think of... that's very low. I I, I think um, really? if it's 4K, right, they're probably going to jack it up. I mean, to, it's because it's... people that are buying it are going to own fancier TVs. They're going to have more. Yeah, that's true. More but cash. Yeah. The the thing I will say is that 
literally from the Xbox One, we're going from a console that can barely do 1080p 60fps, and it's it's usually subpar 1080p 30fps, to a console that seemingly can do full 4K, native 4K, and at the very least 30fps, and I don't know if they're going to 60, I have no idea. Um, It seems like they could, but the, the kind of hardware that you need to do that I, I think at the very least it might be a, a five fifty to six hundred dollar console US. So I, I think in Australia it could be seven hundred. I, I I think that's wow. a fair honestly though because the the kind of hardware that you need to run that kind right. of uh th- that kind of four K games and and especially at a stable frame rate it'd be expensive. It'd be very expensive, and I can't see them undercutting the price to that extent and just make such a huge loss because. God, like, there's no way. I mean, right now, in the US, Mr. G, I don't know if you know, or Moodood in Canada, what's the Xbox One S priced at? Is it 400 or is it 350 or what? Uh, I'm pretty sure the S is priced less than the regular Xbox, I'm pretty sure, or priced at the same same price. So I'm pretty sure it should be 400. So I'm going to say 600. Uh, or oh, no, I'm going to say 599. That, that That's what I think it'll be. It'll be 599. But... In the U.S. or US, in Australia? In U.S. I think it'll be five ninety nine yeah. U.S. It'll be six ninety nine Australia, and Canada will probably be uh, six forty nine or something like that. I know because I have a I have a ten seventy for my computer, and that I read somewhere that ran four K at, at a steady sixty FPS. I think just barely. Ooh. Um, and uh, I know, yeah, I saved a lot up for that one, but. Um, <laughs> I, I, and that was in Canadian around seven hundred dollars, and in I'm pretty sure in Americans around three hundred. So I I don't know because it's a, well you obviously know they, obviously the, it's a lot of syrup. It, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of Canada money. <laughs> a lot of Canadian syrup. Uh, yeah. Obviously they're, they're they're manufacturing a lot of these consoles, so the individual cost for them is, is going to be you know not as much. It's not like they're selling one graphics card and they have to sell it at 300 they're making so many of these consoles so they get a good deal you know from nvidia whoever's making the graphics card for them so i i, I don't think it's going to be a, i don't think it's going to be like seven eight hundred dollar console i think that'd be crazy to release an 800 dollar console i think that's way too much because when it's 800 us then it's 900 or sometimes it, it'll probably be like over a thousand in some countries right oh my gosh right yeah. I think that's Such too to much. Be Australian for all that stuff, man. I know, the right? import is just. Brutal. I know with with all these games coming on, all these new consoles coming out, like the NX and then the PlayStation Pro and the Xbox Scorpio. Man, I'm gonna have to like sell my polar bear. <laughs> like, it's, it's gonna be sell like, a limb. You know, like, don't you R- ride R- like an elk or something? What is it? Uh, <laughs> don't elk. all Canadians Wait. have like a an, an elk? An elk. <laughs> is it elk? Our national, our national animal. Oh, it's moose. Our national, <laughs> Yeah, moose. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, moose everywhere. Right? Oh, I mean, that's bloody man. hell. Apparently, <laughs> I love how each not, country not, has not its in, stereotypical animal. Not in Ontario, where I live. Not in Ontario. <laughs> Ontario. But is it, uh, is it may, snowing all the time there? Like, is it just no. always cold? <laughs> it is not snowing. No. <laughs> what is the weather where you guys are? It's um, hot here. It's like... I'm pretty sure it's kind of cool actually right now. It's kind yeah, of we're cold. Hot. Interesting. Weird. Well, you are on. You're in LA, right? So yeah, we're in the LA area. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be very warm. I rem- I remember when I went to LA many many years ago. LA just like it was in the summertime too. Just a hot place, fucking hot, humid, 
from memory. Anyways, I don't know if I'm wrong about that. Am I? Am I way off, Mister G? It's not usually, it's not usually humid, but it, it definitely is hot, and hot. it's hot, uns- yeah. we we keep the heat for a long time, so yeah. it's looking like we're gonna have a hot. I hate it when it's hot this time of the year. I like the cold. I like to have a little rain, but Fair I enough. don't know if it's gonna happen. So, okay. oh well. Well, we've but, reached the one hour mark in this podcast, so I think it's a a good time to end it. Um, Mr. G, Moodoo, thank you so much for joining, and, and especially at the last minute, because it was very last minute, this podcast. Um, again, those of the listening or watching, click on their, uh, Mr. G's channel in the description below, and also their Twitter handles on screen for both G and Moodoo. Guys, thank you so much. Um, probably get you some time again in the future. It's so hard getting people to have good mics. That's the one thing. <laughs> uh. You guys can, yeah, yeah, can yeah. say goodbye in it your own essential, way. essential, man. Audio, audio is like the main thing. Hey, you play one CSGO casual match, and you'll <laughs> see what the definition of bad mics are, okay? Trust me, I know. It's, it's pretty bad. I, I, once I went back to play Xbox 360 using the headset, I, I never remembered how bad the mics were then with those original yeah, 360 yeah. headsets because the Xbox oh, One did a really huge really. job in, in improving that. You go back, oh, it's disgusting. It's it's horrible. And I hate listening to podcasts with bad mics. I really do. So I'm hoping the audio quality for this podcast is good. I'll re-listen to it and fix things if it's necessary. But guys, thank you so much. And like the way I like to end every single podcast, I always get the guests to end it. So I'm not going to give them any direction. They're going to fight between themselves and end the podcast however they seem fit because it's going to be funny. So thank you so much for watching at this stage. Uh, apologies again for Noah and Mr. Matty. And yeah, guys, take it away. Uh, All right, are you ready? We're going to do this in the key uh, of G. Are you ready? What? what uh, so you start singing and I got, I got your chords. We're, we're writing the outro song all right, right all right, now. All right, all right, okay. 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 Thank you for <laughs> listening to Ham Radio. It's been Lone and Steve G and Moodoo. And would you kindly stay sexy, stay active. I love you all. This and is terrible. Peace. <laughs> the end.